Part three, chapter twenty five of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter twenty five. Prince Nikolai Andreitch Bolkonsky's health and disposition had grown much worse during the year that followed his son's absence. He became still more irritable than formerly, and all the explosions of his unreasonable anger were launched upon the Princess Maria. It seemed as though he tried to search out all the tender spots of her nature, so as to torture her as atrociously as possible. The Princess Maria had two passions, and therefore two joys, her little nephew, Nikolushka, and religion, and both were favorite themes for the old prince's slurs and ridicule. Whatever subject of conversation he arose, he managed to bring in some reference to old maid's superstitions, or to the spoiling and overindulging of children. Do you wish to make him— he referred to Nikolushka, an old maid like yourself. It's all nonsense. Prince Andrei wants a son, not a girl, said he. Or, turning to Mademoiselle Burine, he would ask her, in the princess's presence, how she liked our Russian popes and images, and again indulge in his bitter jests. He seized every opportunity of wounding the Princess Maria in the most cruel way, but the poor girl found no trouble in forgiving him. He was her father, and she knew that he loved her, in spite of everything. How, then, could he be to blame toward her? How could he be unjust to her? Yes, and what was justice? That word, justice, a concept, born of nothing but pride, had never occurred to her thoughts. All the complicated laws of men, for her, were summed up in the one clear and simple rule of love and self-denial, imposed upon us by him, who, though he was God, so loved the world as to suffer for it. What mattered to her, then, the justice or injustice of men? It was necessary for her to suffer and to love, and this she did. During the winter, Prince Andrei had come to Luisia Gurier, and was more cheerful, gentle, and affectionate than the Princess Maria had seen him for a long time. She had a presentiment that something unusual had happened to him, but he said nothing to her about his love. Before he went away, he was closeted for a long time with his father, and the Princess Maria noticed that each was displeased with the other. Shortly after Prince Andrei's departure, the Princess Maria wrote to her friend, Julie Karagina, who was at that time in Petersburg, and in mourning for her brother, who had been killed in Turkey. Like all young girls, the Princess Maria had her dreams, and one of hers was that Julie would yet become her brother's wife. Affliction, my dear and affectionate friend Julie, is evident in the common lot of all of us. Your loss is so awful that I can only explain it as being a special providence of God, who, in his love for you, has seen fit to try you and your excellent mother. Ah, my dear friend, religion, and religion alone, can, I will not say console us, but save us from despair. Religion alone can make plain to us what, without her aid, it is impossible for a man to comprehend, why, for what purpose, should beings who are good and noble, and best made to find happiness in life, who have not only never injured a living thing, but rather have sought only the happiness of others, why should they be recalled to God, while the base and the vicious, or those who are only a burden to themselves and others, are left to live? The first death which I ever witnessed, and I shall never forget it, was that of my dear sister-in-law, and it produced upon me a wonderful impression." Just as you are now asking fate why your charming brother had to die, 
so did i ask why this angelic lisa should be taken away when she had never done the slightest wrong to any one and never had anything but the purest thoughts in her soul and since then my dear friend five years have passed away and even with my humble intelligence i begin to see clearly why she had to die and how her death may be regarded as merely the expression of the creator's infinite goodness all of whose works though for the most part beyond our comprehension are but the manifestation of his boundless love to his creatures i often think that perhaps her purity was too angelic to be compatible with the force necessary to carry all the obligations of motherhood as a young wife she was beyond reproach possibly she might have failed as a mother now although she has left us and prince andrei in particular the purest regret the sweetest memories i am sure that she herself is in the enjoyment of that place which i dare not hope for myself to attain but not to speak of her exclusively this premature and terrible death has had a most salutary effect notwithstanding all the sorrowfulness of it upon my brother and myself these thoughts at that time would have been impossible at that time i should have repelled them with horror but now this is plain and beyond a peradventure i write this to you my friend simply hoping that it may persuade you of the gospel truth which i have taken as the rule of my whole life that not one hair from our head shall fall without his will and his will is conditioned only by infinite love toward us and therefore all that happens to us is for good you ask if we are going to spend next winter in moscow in spite of all my desire to see you i think it most improbable and indeed i cannot think that it is for the best and you will be amazed when i tell you that the reason of that is bonaparte and this is why my father's health has been failing of late he cannot endure any contradiction and has grown irritable this irritability as you may know is especially excited by political affairs he cannot endure the thought that bonaparte has so managed as to put himself on an equality with all the sovereigns of europe and especially with ours the grandson of the great catherine as you know i am perfectly indifferent to politics but from words spoken by my father and from his discussions with mikhail ivanovitch i know all that is going on in the world and particularly about all the honours attained by bonaparte who i should think is considered a great man and not the least of the french emperors over all the world except at louisia Gure. and this is what my father will not admit it seems to me that my father precisely on account of his views of political affairs and foreseeing the collisions which would infallibly take place in consequence of his character taking no account of any one when he expresses his opinions feels unwilling to go to moscow all the gain that he would get he would more than undo by the quarrels which would be sure to follow in regard to bonaparte at all events the question is soon to be decided our home life goes on in the old routine except that my brother andre is away as i have already written to you he has been very much changed of late this year for the first time since his affliction he has begun to lead a perfectly normal life he has become what he was when he was a child as i remember him kind affectionate and with a truly golden heart the like of which i never knew he has learned so it seems to me that his life after all is not yet ended but together with this moral change his physical health has deteriorated he is far worse than before more nervous i am troubled about him and i am glad that he has decided to take the trip abroad which the doctor long ago prescribed for him i hope that it will effect a complete cure 
you write me that he is spoken of in petersburg as one of the most industrious cultivated and intelligent young men of the day forgive a sister's pride but i have never doubted it it is impossible to estimate the good which he has accomplished here beginning with his own peasantry and including the nobility of the district in going to petersburg he has received only what was due him i am amazed that rumours should have come from petersburg to moscow and especially such false rumours as what you wrote me in regard to the supposed marriage of my brother to the little rostova i do not believe that my brother will ever marry again and certainly he will not marry her and this is my reason for thinking so in the first place i know that though he rarely mentions his late wife yet he was too deeply afflicted by her loss to ever think of letting another fill her place in his heart or giving a stepmother to our little angel in the second place to the best of my knowledge this young girl is not the sort of woman who would be likely to please prince andrei i feel certain that he would not choose her for his wife and i will frankly confess that i do not desire it but i have prattled too long already here i am finishing my second sheet good-bye my dear friend may god shield you under his holy and almighty wing my dear companion mademoiselle Burine, sends her love marie End of chapter 25